And we begin with good day, sir. <laughs> Geeks come in all shapes and sizes, um, and that uh, they come into all kinds of things. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more about the satanic panic. By the scholar Gary Gygax. Well, wait, hold on. I said good day, sir. Not defending Roman slavery by any no, stretch. But, but oh, that's bad. Let them vote. Fuck off. <laughs> when historians, and especially British historians, yeah. want to get cute. Oh, it's, it's in there. Uh, okay. it, it is not worth the journey. Connect nerdery to the real world. I'm Ed Blaylock. I'm a seventh grade world history teacher here in Northern California and uh, the father of a 22 month old little boy. Who are you? I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher up here in Northern California and sometimes I dabble in history. I'm the father of an almost 10 year old and a seven and a half year old uh, right. boy and a girl. Okay. And uh, I'm here to talk to you today about the New Deal. I think it's a good idea, and we should probably get behind it. Uh, okay, wait. Hold on. Wait, sorry, no. Um, um, turns out that already happened. Yeah, I yeah. was about to say the New Deal is kind of old news. I, I've always liked that phrase, old news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, Jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it Female kinda, orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> myths. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there went the other half uh, of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, Are you sure? Well, both women. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, actually, I'm here to talk to you about Captain America. Oh, okay. And the well, New there Deal. You. All right. So I'm okay. So let's see. They they both date to the 1930s uh-huh. into the 40s. Yep. Um, and there's gonna be some element of progressivism mm-hmm. connecting to science and technology and a positive view of the future. Yeah. Vigorous young men doing their duty for their country. Okay. Yeah. All Government right. healthcare. I, oh, hey. Yeah. There you go. I'm here for it. All right. So Captain America, uh, as you may know, is the living avatar of both the Four Freedom speech and the alphabet legislation of the New Deal. Okay. That, that's my thesis statement. Okay. Boom. All right. Done. Okay. Also, he's totally Antifa. You, well. Yeah. Okay. For God's sakes, the, the first <laughs> the first issue of the comic, yeah. literally, yeah. literal in the literal sense, yes. like like it's the, the literature. It is. Yeah. Yep. Is is he is. He is punching Hitler in the face. Yes. Hard enough to knock him off his fucking feet, yes. I want to note. Yes. Uh, so it's not, you know, a tepid slap. Right. It's 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 not, oh, you naughty Nazi. It's, <laughs> it's you know. Right. Oh, you know, it's, he clocks him. Manful thwack. Yes. Yeah. And, and that issue came out in, I want to say, June of 41. So oh, yeah. Before it was American policy to be Antifa. Well, he yeah. was Antifa. Well, okay. So before it was officially American policy right. to be actively, directly fighting against the Axis. Yes. Roosevelt was already doing doing all the shucking and jiving he could oh, to yeah. move the country in that direction. Yes. Uh, I mean, lend lease. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Where like, he lied to the American people yeah. about what he had to do. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and the idea was, no, no, we're going to lend these P-40s and these tanks and all this stuff we're to gonna the We're going to lease the ammunition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's... Uh, and, you know... 
And, and when they get done with them, yeah. they'll give them back to us. Right. You know what happens when you get done with a P-40 Warhawk? Do tell. It's shot full of fucking holes. It's not an airplane anymore. It's scrap it's metal. It's a cheese grater. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, you know, with, with you know, ketchup stains. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. like, let's be real here. Yeah. But the whole it wasn't, idea it was, it was, it was, it was all a loophole to get around uh, the Neutrality Act. Yes. You know. Yeah, because so, there were some people who were like, well, there's both sides. Well, you know. <laughs> and we hate the there's, Jews. There's very fine yeah. people on both sides. Right. I mean, right. they're, all, they're he always was, are. He was Times Man of the Year. Yeah. Have you seen his magazine cover? Yes. Yeah. Thank, all of them. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank God for that. That's historical, not... Wait, are we... Never mind. I'm no. not even going to yeah. ask the question. No. So... Anyway, so, we've gotten off the subject. No, so, we cool. haven't. That's okay. the thing. Steve right. Rogers, the man who would become Captain America, yeah. is, is canonically born on July 4th. Yep. Okay. Around 1920. Really? There's backs and forths on it. Okay. Okay. But in the lo- some, some have him being born July 4th, 1918. Okay. Others yeah. have him being that was, born. That was actually the date I was originally going yeah. to guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's born in the Lower East Side of Manhattan mm-hmm. to Irish immigrant parents. Yep. Joseph and Sarah Rogers. Yes. So right off the bat... If they voted at all, his mm. parents would have been Democrat. Yeah. Given the machine that was in place in the early 1900s. Uh, and I will point out, mm-hmm. um, although Captain Rogers himself mm-hmm. never overtly professes a faith, right? he'd have been raised so Catholic it literally hurts. Yes. Like nuns yes. with rulers yeah. hurts. Yeah. Okay. He probably would have been down for Vatican II, the way that he leans. Oh, he to. would have. Oh, yeah. oh, hardcore. He'd, so. he'd be, you know, Vivat Francis now. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. So, uh, the thing about comics is they're not always as canonical as we'd like. They bounce back and forth. Here's some other variables. Okay. Some have that his dad was an alcoholic who died of alcoholism. Mm. Uh, his dad was a World War One vet who died of World War Vet stuff. Yeah. Uh, World gas, War One vet. Gas attack. Yeah. The pleurisy. Yeah, that pleurisy kind of. That, yes, his mom yeah. dies of TB. Yeah. In others, they have it that his mom died of pneumonia. Pneumonia, TB. It's roughly pleurisy, the same. Yeah. Lung thing. His okay. mom died when he was ten. His mom died when he was in his mid to late teens. Yeah. So there's a lot of variables, but yeah. essentially, here's what sticks: he's young enough, just young enough, to be born at the end of World War One, and to Irish immigrant parents. Those things are those stick. They were also working class folk. That sticks. When he was a child, his father died of something that many men had at the time and nobody talked about. And when he was still a child, his mom died of something that poor people in cities often had. Okay. He's a very New York urban story. He's a specifically Irish Catholic living in Manhattan, orphan to adult or before adulthood, before the Great Depression story. Okay. That's him. Yeah. Uh, all of these things, no matter how strictly canon they are, they give Steve Rogers, the, the man that we know as Cap, yeah. uh, a foundation to be the avatar of the New Deal and the Four Freedom Speech. Okay? Okay. Now, to get to him, we're going to need a little bit of context. So, okay. 1929. Yes. The American stock market plunged hard. Oh, devastatingly so. And it's a New York phenomenon because that's where the New York Stock Exchange is, right? Yeah. Um, at that time, people's ideas of what the economy was were still very similar to their ideas of science. It's all magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anecdotes okay. explain more than anything else. Yeah. You well, know? We're, we're talking. We're talking about economics. Yeah. So to this day, mm-hmm. 
it kind of is. Like like economics <laughs> yeah. economics fits in the social sciences in 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 this kind of way that it's like, well It can't fit anywhere else. It can't fit anywhere else. And there's kind of this way we can kind of sort of give you a fuzzy picture of uh-huh. like how this thing interacts with this thing. We can tell you after the fact. We can we can totally tell you after yeah. the fact how these factors all all figure right. it all out. But like trying to use it to predict the future is is a shell game. Yes. It's it's yeah. Yeah. So in their defense, mm-hmm. there are plenty of people, plenty of very smart people to True. this day who can give you the basic mechanics mm-hmm. of how, how how the economy works, but even they right. can't totally explain it. Oh, my students think I'm a wizard because I pointed out just some indicators to them that are a little off the beaten track, like okay. the lipstick index. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, go ahead and ex- do you want to explain it or you want me to? You go ahead. Okay. If your waitress wears more lipstick, the economy is about to take a giant shit. <laughs> Because lipstick is relatively inexpensive and it's uh-huh. a quick way to make yourself prettier and therefore you get more tips. Yep. People who are in the serving industries tend to notice leading indicators quicker because it affects their pocketbook directly. Yeah. So if you're they're they're yeah. on they're on they're the pointy end of the economic spear. Yeah. And so my students are like, Wow, how do you Holy figure crap. that out? I'm like, Well, let me explain. But so yeah. You're a better man than me. <laughs> Sorcery. It's right. Well as I flap my cloak. Right. You know. Literally. Yeah. But, yeah. So, in 1929, people were actually still clinging to the idea of ether. Despite it being disproven by the Michelson-Morley experiment in 1887. Okay, hold on. I I knew about the Michelson-Morley experiment. Okay. I knew that the ether had been disproven because I'm a mage player and it's a plot point. But um, there were still people... Clinging to clinging it. Clinging to it. Yeah. In the Phlogiston in mm-hmm. 1929. Yeah, to the point where, like, in science, there were several other experiments that had to be made... To disprove ether, including Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Wait, okay. I might Heisenberg's have... uncertainty. He's he was twenty. Quantum, right? yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. So Quantum physics had to be had to, had to be harnessed. Explain away ether before it could go forward. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So people again. Yeah. Okay. Not too bright. Yeah. All right. Well, magical thinking is a. Yeah. Well, they right. also thought that baseball was better without people of color in it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So in the 1920s, uh, while the economy was booming, the government took a hands-off approach, allowing it to grow wildly. Presidents in the 1920s ran on platforms of a return to normalcy, and the business of America is business. Yes. Well, you know, after after the war... We weren't bleeding to death like Europe. Yeah. You know, we, we we were economically titans. Yeah. Because uh, really, the war didn't strain our industry or our labor like it had. It, like, like it, had, it didn't kill yeah. all our workers. It didn't, it didn't destroy kill all off, our machines. It didn't kill off the workforce. It yeah. didn't destroy our infrastructure. We weren't bled white because we weren't a colony. Yeah. You know, and so really mm-hmm. everybody everybody likes to talk about World War II being the 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 shifting point or the or the or the balance point. Yep. Of the fulcrum of world power shifting from the British Empire to North America, yeah, to us, but really, it started. It starts the yeah. the, the 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 weight rolling along the along the lever, yeah, began with World War One. You can see its trajectory, and you know that it's it's going to happen. And then yeah. World War Two happened, and just tipped it like and a mother. tipped yeah. it rapidly, yeah, catapulted the the weight, yeah, you know, and and I mean, it, I think. It's it's important to also note here that we were the lender nation. Yes. To everybody. Yes. And had so, just, and had just really stepped onto the world stage 
during the Spanish-American War. Yeah. And there was a debate raging as to whether or not we want to be that or not. Yeah. And then we decided to do that as a country. We, yeah, well, yeah. It was an actual decision. It was, it was, it was so. a decision that, that, that becoming a world power in, in the mold of the empires of Europe was right. what we were going to do. It was a worthwhile endeavor. So and we did. so the Philippines. Yeah. Now, as a result of this, a lot of rich people wanted to do what rich people do, which is get a lot richer. So yeah. they begin margin speculation in droves. Mm-hmm. So uh, margin speculation essentially is I want to buy a stock that's worth $100, but I only have $10. You say, I'm going to borrow 90 bucks. I'm, I'm counting going, on the yeah. idea mm-hmm. that the stock is going to go up. Right. And if it, you're going to pay it, me 10. Yeah. And or I'm going to pay you ten. You're the you're you're the the, the broker for me. I'm yeah. going to pay you ten. Yeah. You're going to give me the credit for the other ninety. When the stock goes up, you take your ninety. And then the, and then we and sell then it. Whatever yeah. whatever the margin after that is when mm-hmm. we sell it, I get the rest of that profit. Right. Yeah. I I need to talk about personal experience here. Sure. Um, very briefly, uh, one summer, mm-hmm. uh, when I was very very first trying to trying to get into teaching mm-hmm. back an eon ago. Over the summer, because uh, I was working as a substitute, so I wasn't getting paid over the summer. Right. Over the summer, I got a temp job working for E-Trade. Okay. And this was, this would have been 98. Wow, okay. So it was as the bubble right. was, it was cresting was and cresting. Gro- yeah. And people were starting to yeah, call it a bubble. Yeah, people yeah. were people were really starting to call it a tech bubble. I had a friend at that point who mm-hmm. was working for a a tech startup mm-hmm. uh, in somewhere out on the peninsula in San Jose, mm-hmm. and um, I was watching based on the emails I was receiving because my I was on night shift in customer service for E-Trade. Right. And so my job was there'd be incoming emails. And my job was to you know do responses, sure. cut and paste stuff, you know make 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 requests to get stuff done. Sure. And I I saw more over the course of that summer. Mm-hmm. I was actually able to track an increase in the number of people who were sending an email saying, "Hey, my account allows me to buy stuff on margins. Oh, I made these purchases." Wow. This afternoon, uh-huh. I need to cancel these purchases. What do I need to do? Wow. And the number of times I had to cut and paste the the paragraphs about okay, well, you know, I'm going to send this off to our to our you know retractions department, and when the stop when the market opens at 9 a.m., they'll be able to see whether or not they can make it happen. Right. But I was watching in sort of real time. Yeah. As a bunch of people. We're getting ready to lose their shirts. Wow. So, I mean, I remember one case in particular where I, I opened up the account mm-hmm. to get the details and looked at it. And if this guy wasn't able to retract the purchases he'd made, uh-huh. he was going to be in the in the red. He was going to be over overdrawn out of sure. the, the assets he had in his account by something in the neighborhood of six grand. Like that. Wow. And that was one guy. Yeah. And that was me. Right. You know, seeing and that. me seeing that. So I know that was not just the one guy. And of course, you know, six months later, the bubble popped and sure. everybody lost their shirt. Right. And my buddy 
lost his job because the the tech startup he was working for cratered mm-hmm. because of a crappy business model, mm-hmm. which so many of them were, but everybody was pumping money into the market because, oh my God, the internet, we don't even know what the fuck it means, but right. it's going to make us all rich. Right. You know? And so when I get the opportunity to teach 1929 to my kids mm-hmm. someday, teaching American history, right. that's that's going to be like, that's, that's going to be the example I'm going to use is this has happened... This has happened before, and all of this will happen again. <laughs> you know, well, especially since what you're talking about is right after Glass-Steagall started getting dismantled. Yes, like they started yes. being able to bar to margin speculate, which which was put in place after the crash of 1929. Yeah. So getting back it, to that, it's as now. though we lost critical mass yeah, in like, doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, the ro- results of this were at first fantastic. Yeah. Uh, oh. People are making money hand over fist until one day someone said, I think it was Kanye West, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the broker at that time didn't have the money, uh-huh. uh, and the banks didn't have the money, and the scene at the Bank of Mary Poppins collided with the scene at the to, at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, and everything turned sideways. Sideways, upside down, twist around. Inside out. Boy, you turn me. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know... Now, that was 1929. Yeah. Now, part of that Mm -hmm. was um, simply the fact that over in Europe, they were desperately trying to find the money. Right. To pay us back. Right. So there was was all this rampant stock speculation. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of the money that was supposed to be coming in to help pay for that was coming from debts we were owed by countries that were really badly overdrawn themselves. And then they were depending on their payments from Germany, who was completely was broke completely as shit. Completely busted. And our president at the time, who was an amazing humanitarian and frankly a genius, uh, who could speak like multiple languages. Oh, like yeah. His wife would speak Chinese to him. He would speak Latin to her so no one would understand them in the White House. Like this guy is a really cool guy Except when he was president. And when he was president, he had this, like, I don't know what he had going on, but he had this idea that people ought to bootstrap themselves. And it's like, wait, dude, you literally organized food relief for all of Europe during the war. And now you can't figure this shit out. Um, It was Herbert Hoover. Yeah. And he did every goddamn wrong thing there was to do when that happened. Yeah. Uh, Under him, the government bought up currency. Which deflates the economy, which keeps everything from going to circulation. He tried to balance the budget, which, again, you deficit spend to get out of this stuff. He refused aid to thousands upon thousands. Well, um, which again, <clears throat> he was the guy that organized aid for everybody. Like this is—it's a weird thing. And the results were that a disaster turned into a calamity. And as the Great Depression continues, farms start drying up, literally drying up. Banks, in an effort to cover their losses before closing and collapsing completely, foreclosed on thousands of farms because nobody owned their farms even back then. The years and years of monocropping led to actual millions of tons of topsoil blowing away. And I mean millions of tons. Yes. Of topsoil blowing away. Well, we've talked about it in a a prior... I don't remember which episode it was Mm -hmm. we were talking about, but we talked about uh, the, the Dust Bowl. Yes. And talked about drifts, drifts yes. of of dust coming out of the Midwest and blanketing Chicago. Yeah, 
and and people in the Capitol. There was a speech you mentioned. Yes, there was a gentleman who was giving a speech <clears throat> about conservation to the senators, and they told him the storm is almost here. Stretch it for another twenty. Yeah, uh, and so he did, and then everything went black. Yeah, because dirt from the Midwest made everything in Washington go black. Uh, farmers had to move from their farms. A lot moved to Chicago because they wanted to be with their farms. Um, <laughs> and then a lot of them wanted to get as far away from their farms as they could, so they went the opposite direction. Yeah, uh, came out and, here and to, wound up, to Cali. wound up in California. Yeah, and you know, um, amongst them are ancestors of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and actually ancestors of my dad's side of the family. Okay, well, um, the, they ended up in Oregon, but okay, same but, idea. Yeah, um, and most of our Central Valley is is populated. Uh, by folks from uh, the middle America. Um, so you have all that happening, and it leads to this increase in the demands on private and local relief efforts, collapsing them under the weight of demand. Yeah. There's no infrastructure to do this. So by 1932, America was ready for a train change and a drink, <laughs> as 1933 would prove, yeah. which in itself could be seen as tied to Irish working class in New York. Okay, I can see that. FDR was elected overwhelmingly, yeah. and as a patrician who cared about us plebs, <laughs> he, he, and he absolutely was. He, oh yeah. He had a very radical for the time, and what would surely now lead to a fascist revolt of businessmen. Uh, don't worry, that actually almost happened then too. Yeah. Um, his basic platform was the three R's: relief, recovery, and reform. Relief for us poor folk, recovery for the banks, and reform for the system to avoid this happening again. Now, at this point, Steve Rogers is supposed to be about 12 years old, and his parents are both dead, according to most sources. Okay. He's in New York, and he's lived through some pretty bleak times in New York as a mm. poor Irish immigrant son who yeah. is an orphan, uh, whose mom died of a disease that poor people die of, whose yeah. dad died of a condition that a lot of men died of. Especially if you're poor, especially if there's no relief because people are just because, streaming in from everywhere. Yeah. Add to that the great He's depression. an archetype is what we're saying. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. And, and, and it's a lot of deprivation. Yeah. He's living with deprivation. He himself, I think, in, in some canons, he's stricken by polio. In others, he's just super scrawny. Yeah. By the time he's 14, the city's been blacked out at least once due to dust storms uh, that are blowing in from 2,000 miles away. And I find that uh, an important point to make. So he lives in New York. This is not D.C. D.C., you name cities uh, things. Um, in, in Marvel, you name cities cities. He yeah. lives in New York. New York had these things happening in them. In the real world, FDR, who, by the way, was in the comics as well, yeah. um, he's working on those three R's with his first of the two new deals. And these were enormous, far-reaching programs. Oh, they, they were massive on, yeah. on a scale yeah. nobody had conceived of yeah. to that point Not in, to that in scale. history. It was yeah. so different in degree that it becomes a difference in kind. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a wink and, and a nod to his cousin's program, The Square Deal. Yeah. It well his his cousin's ethos mm-hmm. of the square deal, uh, you know, because because Teddy was mm-hmm. of course also a patrician. Yes, and but he's in, a Republican patrician. He's a Republican patrician, but yep. in a time when Republican meant something very different from what it means today. Um, Teddy was pro business, but he was considered a madman yes. by the Republican 
Yeah, that's why they made him vice president. Yeah, well, yeah. Get him out of the way. You want to get him out of the way. How did that work out, guys? Well, if they'd read their history, they would have known every 20 years you lose a Republican president. Because at that point, that's what was happening. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, well, nobody ever... We teach history. We know. Nobody ever fucking studies it. Right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, except we're, history teachers. Right. Like, we're, we're the ones always standing going, um... This rhymes. This, this, this rhymes, totally rhymes. This rhymes hard. Yeah. Like, it's the same word being yeah. repeated. This, this like, is really, wow. really hip-hop. This is, yeah. Like, like I'm an historian and I'm here to say. Like, that yeah, kind yeah, of early like, hip-hop. Holy cow. Yeah. So, so... <laughs> But but Teddy again mm-hmm. was was really patrician. Yes. But he was also motivated by this progressive, I mean re- Republican progressive, but yeah. re- progressive kind of ideas where the square deal yep. was the very very bedrock Republican idea that business is good for everybody. Yes. And when business is good for everybody. It is best. Yes. And so... It, like, it's I mean, like he's, a proto-trickle-down, but it's really a rising tide raises all ships. It's, it's, it's a rising tide raises yeah. all ships. It, it's, it's kind of the opposite of trickle-down because he, he, he wanted to see, or, or what, what he advocated for, mm-hmm. was you know business needs to take care of their employees. Yeah, that's true. In order to be successful, in order because their for employees the are capital. Because yeah, well yeah, which, which, is, that which is the Republican yeah. It it yeah. is, but it's 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 not just Republican. It's liberal back then. Yeah, it's it's classic liberalism. Yeah, the, the, the employees the okay. employees yeah. are capital, and that's what's good for business. Yes. All right. There's a noblesse oblige to what he oh, does. Oh, profound yes. noblesse oblige. Yeah. And and so remember that the TR, yes. the Republican, mm-hmm. was the first president to legitimize a national labor movement That's by true. sitting down as the mediator between the the coal miners. That's right. And the anthracite the coal, coal is the anthracite coal strike. That's right. And and it wasn't so much that he cared about the workers' rights. That was secondary and tertiary. It was people are going to die without coal this winter. We need That's to not solve okay. this. Right. You and and not and, the market will decide. Yeah, oh, no, no, sometimes no, 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 you need yeah, an yeah, adjustment yeah, to yeah, bring no, the population yeah, down. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. It was okay. Look. People who are not involved in your squabble mm-hmm. are going to freeze to fucking death. And that's not okay. That is not okay. Yeah. It is my job as the president to make mm-hmm. sure that doesn't happen to my people. You can't see it, but I'm making a very broad, waving gesture with both hands mm-hmm. and a patrician, my people right. kind of motion, which was exactly the way Teddy thought about it. And, and most of his glowering weight of personality was brought to bear on the companies mm-hmm. because they were the ones who had more room to give. Yeah, and that really and, and it was no he no, went deep pockets. Yeah, he yeah. went he went deep he, and and it was the message was essentially look, you need to sit down with the workers. Yeah. And you need to talk to them mm-hmm. And you will give them yes. what they're looking for because yeah. otherwise people are going to die. Yeah. And if they do, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And what's interesting, especially about him, is he did that. He made all the news. But it's really Taft who who took the ball. Like, Teddy got, like, wow, he broke through the line of scrimmage and got three yeah. yards. Holy shit, no one's ever gone up the middle that way. Yeah. Taft then ran another 30. Yeah. Wilson forward passed it. Yeah. Like they each one built on the other oh, yeah. and it became the culture of what was going on. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, Roosevelt yeah. is doing right by this family tradition yeah. of patrician noblesse oblige. Yeah, from from the opposite side of the aisle with a different ethos behind it. Yeah, bigger government le- rather than smaller government. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it yeah. is it is it is very clearly yes. it's a Roosevelt doing this. Yes. Now, Congress passes everything that Roosevelt asked for in the first 100 days of his administration. Uh, Which is where the first 100 days tradition... Absolutely comes from. ...in our modern mm-hmm. press, in our relationship with the presidency comes from. And he sets in motion several programs at the three, aimed at the, uh, the three R's. All right. Um, and uh, right now, uh, before we get into that, yeah. we're going to do a, a commercial break. Okay. Uh, because we got to keep the lights on in here and pay we the gotta, bills. we got to give our, our big one our revenue. Yes. So, uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> so, on the other side of this, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about what the three R's Alphabet were. City, baby. All right. But right now, ads. Hey, Geek Nation. It's Damien. And Ed. And we're here to pitch a book at you. Uh, it's uh, from a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell. The books are the American Fairy Tale Trilogy, The Stolen, The Forgotten, The Returned. If you're a fan of urban fantasy, you're going to love these. If you're a fan of Celtic folklore, uh, you're going to love these even more. Uh, they're very well researched uh, in terms of the, the stories and everything that they tie into. Uh, and he's a very good guy and, like I said, a good friend of the show. So uh, go out, pick them up, read them. And now, back to us being smart, Alex. So, back from the ads. Indeed. Uh, now we're going to talk about the three R's that yes. aren't revenue. Uh, so, the three In R's. A big way. You uh, had yeah. the FERA, the Emergency Banking Act, and the CCC, which I'm going to talk a lot about in a few minutes. Okay. As it pertains directly to Captain America. Okay. Um, all of these got moving by March of 33. Okay. So, the FERA, the Emergency Banking Act, and the, the Civilian Conservation Corps, all by March of 1933. Yeah. Uh, he also gets the NIRA, uh, the AAA, and the TVA passed through Congress by June of that year. Oh, yeah. TVA, really? yeah. TVA was a big deal. Huge. In ways that so helped us win the war that nobody could have predicted. Yeah. But it, it turns yeah. out, you know, same thing with the CCC, by the way. Yeah, hindsight. Um, but uh, all of these are aimed at the same general direction. First, get young men working again. Yes. So back then, it was the men who were working. Get them Physically into places that'll build their bodies up, too. That's another thing. This is partly because FDR was lame. And I, uh, I mean he had polio. Yeah. So to him, bodily strength mattered. And again, he's in the shadow of Uncle Teddy, or not, of Cousin Teddy. Cousin Teddy. Who lived the, what did we call that, the rigorous? No, it was the... the strenuous life. Strenuous life. So that's just part of it. Also in the 30s, there's this worldwide movement because you had the Communist Civilian Corps, which was getting young men out there and exercising, and you also had the Hitler Jungen. So you oh, had yeah, this yeah. this long, this this wide-reaching. Yeah. The youth are important, and we need to get them physically fit. Kind <clears throat> yeah, of thing. well, from both from both notably, sides, of, notably yes. on both sides of the spectrum. And FDR is more centrist, yeah. given those two extremes. Yeah. So you have this at building up young men's bodies again. 
uh, and, and getting them working. Secondly, get our capacity for making things back up and running. Yes. Because if you're making things, people will buy things. And if people yeah. will buy things, money will circulate. Yeah. Third, get the farms and the banks moving in the right direction again. Yeah. In short, get the young men and, and the middle-aged men off the soup lines. Yeah. Get them out of the cities. CAP is coming up in that time. Now, incidentally, the FDIC gets set up at the same time. Despite yes. Roosevelt's objection to it, by the way, he objected to it. Yes. Really? He was still a patrician after all. Oh, yeah. And in many ways, he's still married to the old ways of thinking about the government when it comes to its direct role in banks. <clears throat> okay. People should learn and blah, blah, blah. Now, there's a lot of podcasts that do history, which I've <clears throat> that have likely done a, a great job with the Great Depression and the New Deal uh, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm here to talk about nerdy, geeky stuff, so I'm going to do a broad brush because broad brush saves a yeah, lot of time. Yeah, it saves all right? time. Yeah. We, this is another theme. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, while the United States was trying to get its feet under itself again, yeah. uh, economically speaking, uh, a lot of the world powers were rushing headlong into fascism in one form or another. Okay. Yeah. Well, Italy. Yeah. yeah. Also in 32, the doctrine of fascism actually appears in the Italian encyclopedia. Yeah. Penned by Benito himself. Yes. Uh, the Nazis had the largest plurality in the Reichstag and Hitler acquired German citizenship. He hadn't been a German citizen prior to that, by the well, way. Well, he was an Austrian. Yeah. And while he's it's well on his... It's a beautiful country, but it's full of fucking Austrians. <laughs> <laughs> and he's well on his way to leadership in, in said oh, Reichstag. Well, yeah. Uh, 30, okay, hold on. 32. 32 is after... I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting my, my timelines, but 32 is after the Beer Hall Push. Oh, yeah, that was in the 20s. That was, that was the 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So okay. this is him realizing I got to do it legally. Oh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, okay. So okay. in 33, you you get the the election. Yeah. You get the enabling acts, and you get right, the Reichstag right, right. fire, and then the reaction okay. to that. Right, right. But all of this is happening right around the same time <clears throat> that FDR is going, no, no, let's pull left. The rest of the world's pulling right. So, okay. as right. America is continuing its slow climb and recovery, okay. and it is slow. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick. So, so FDR mm -hmm. is going economically left. I'm going to yes. say, I'm going to say structuralists, collectivist, government interventionist, Keynesian. He's going Keynesian. Yes. Is, is what it is. Keynesian I, is I very left. Use the yeah. government to stimulate the people's economy. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So, it's very left for the time. Well, yeah, 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 this is true. He he shifted the Overton window yeah. in that direction yeah. by, by doing all of this. But so so we know. All right, Italy is literally going fascist mm -hmm. in the absolute literal sense. Yes, they um, they created it. Yeah, the, the Nazis are fascists, but you know they're they're their own weird brand of it, mm -hmm. right? and they're they're happening in Germany. Do you know off mm -hmm. the top of your head where was what direction was Britain going? Were they just floundering or because I know I know by we had Chamberlain late... and then he gets defeated in thirty five. So it's Chamberlain. Okay. So uh, whatever party Chamberlain is a part of, I want to say Chamberlain was conservative. I want to say that too, but then he gets uh, defeated by Churchill, who I think was conservative because he started off liberal. That's true. No, yeah. Chamberlain. Chamberlain was was Labour. Yeah. Or Liberal Party. Well, I was gonna say was he Liberal Labour? 
Um, anyway. I don't recall. Anyway, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I know that... Because, I mean, we've, yeah. we've talked about post-war, mm-hmm. about the post-war consensus. Yes. We had to talk about post-war consensus to explain Margaret Thatcher. Exactly. But pre-war... Yeah. I oh, don't, he was e- conservative. Economic, okay, well, he was yeah. conservative. Well, yeah, because it was Chamberlain mm-hmm. and... Churchill wound up taking over. It wasn't. It wasn't like in a party switchover. It was. Oh, it, was, it wasn't. It, it was, was just a, it was a, a vote of no confidence. That's was, right. That's right. It was essentially uh, a party. Party. We're not fight. conservative enough. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Which is interesting because they. They again. <clears throat> Churchill hated fascism. Oh yeah. With a but loved empire. Yeah. Well. He's British. Yeah. So America's climbing and recovering yeah. very slowly. Yeah. And it's got missteps. Crawling, crawling its yeah. way out of the hole. And it's misstepping every which way. Yeah. Because democracies are wildly inefficient. Yes. And messy. And the rest of the world ends up under the boot heel of fascism. Because because yep. the attractive thing about an authoritarian regime Just, is now. This is only in the 30s that this is true, though. I mean, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, no. There's no, By no, no means parallel we, to anything going on no. since then at all. Never, ever, since anywhere. At yeah, all. certainly not here. Uh, but you know, the attractive thing mm-hmm. uh, for people who are scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attractive thing about authoritarianism is there is somebody who is a symbol of yes. I am going to save us all. A I am going to make everything yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy yep. is is gonna enfold us all in his stern yep. but protective arms. Yep. Probably not loving, but we'll get into that right. maybe somewhere else. Or but, your but, love can go towards your country. Yeah. Also gives you a role. Yeah. Gives you someone to follow and it takes away your need to be a decider and your need to be accountable. All of that is correct. Yes. Or uh, P.G. O'Rourke put it really well. Now, uh-huh. he was talking about, about socialism. Uh-huh. But authoritarian socialism has this in, in common with authoritarianism. Authoritarianism, authoritarianism does. Yeah. All have this in common. Mm-hmm. It gives every piss ant an anthill to piss on. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, you yeah, because you're also giving somebody an outsider to blame. It's it's a very seductive and well, simplistic well, it's, it's, way of doing yeah, it. It's an outsider to blame, and it's also when mm-hmm. you put on the brown shirt and the uniform, you take orders, and you have you have some petty little job. You have something you, to you do. Have, you yes. have some level of importance. You right. Know, you have it gives you mm-hmm. it gives you something to tack your dignity to. That's true. And, and, and it's that's, no and longer that's part of what's seductive about it. Well, and usually it's in times of either social or economic distress Up, for the upheaval. person. I wouldn't even say upheaval. I would say distress. distress. All right. For the for the person in question, because okay. our economy was finally fixed, and then fascism kind of got really attractive to a certain segment of society. Yeah. So, and it wasn't an upheaval; it yeah. was distress. Okay. Um, and but there's a sense of impotence, a collective yeah. sense of impotence. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, when you have that, you give them a sense of power again. Yeah. Um, and you give them a sense of the ship is going to be all right, and it's seductively simple. And, yeah. And people really like the the the. The solution. The problem is simple, and the solution is complex. But people like to think that the problem is complex and the solution is simple. Yeah, and and the the historical problem is looking back over mm-hmm. all of civilization. 
there's almost never a simple answer. And like ever. Historically we are pack animals. So well, yeah. and anthropologically we are pack animals. We're, like yeah. that so the strong man is attractive on a number of levels. Well on a on a primal level. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's a reason that Fifty Shades of Grey sold. So let's fast forward to nineteen forty one. All right. Uh, January. <laughs> January, State of the Union Address. This is where yeah, FDR yeah, yeah. gives the four freedom speech. Yes. Quote, In the future days which we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. This is 1941. Yep. January of 41. Yeah. In six months, Captain America is going to punch Hitler on the cover. Yeah. Uh, six months after that, <clears throat> we're going to get attacked in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. The second freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. Yep. Everywhere in the world's come up twice. Yep. It's not just America first. Nope. I'm going to say that again. It's not just, just America, America first. first. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, yeah. he was a commie internationalist. I well, mean, yeah. Don't you know? Yeah. But, you know, whereas Lindbergh flew a plane for 29 uh, hours. Yeah. And, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. The third is the freedom from want, which translated into world terms. Look yeah. at going world. Oh, yeah. Means economic understandings, which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world. And you'll notice he stresses peacetime. Yes. He's talking the welfare state. He, he is. Mm-hmm. He definitely is. Which everybody's down for at this point. Well, yeah. What's the point of having a government that collects taxes if you ain't going to give people shit? If you're not going to get something out of it. The fourth freedom is from fear, which, translated into world terms, means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world. Okay, so this is January of 41. Yes. So uh, Poland was 39. Yep, September of 39. Uh, Dunkirk Mm -hmm. was 40. Yes. And so by 41, later that year, Mm -hmm. I want to say the summer of 41 was Battle of Britain. Uh, Battles. Yeah, well, France falls in 40. Yeah. And then, yes, because he also then invades uh, Russia in 41. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In the summer of 41. And yeah. doesn't send any winter gear because we're, <coughs> we're going to be... going to roll over Blitzkrieg I mean, Come on, Blitzkrieg. meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did invent Dexedrin, didn't they? Yeah. Well, and if you really think about like Hitler's plans, it sounds like... I, I know somebody who did... Um, uh, if you listen to Sigmund Freud's theories, it's obvious he's on coke. Like, no, dude, look, look, okay. check it out. Like, All right, look. Everybody wants to bang their mom. I know it sounds weird, but dude, but, you totally do because look, she has nipples, right? Yeah, I know, I know it's weird, but she had milk. Like, if you speed up what he says by like yeah. one and a half, yeah, it's a coke fiend, <laughs> and he was. <laughs> well, yeah, and and Hitler was a meth addict, and, yeah, and, and you look at his plans, and it's meth addict plans, yeah, and he was a meth addict because he had uncontrollable flatulence. Wait. And the meth stopped... Well, he thought the meth would stop his farting. Yes! How did I not know that? I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I ought to fucking know. How do I not know that? Uh, Well, that's why we're here. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he had uncontrollable flatulence. He was self-conscious about farting. Yeah. And so he got hooked on meth. meth. To try to fix it's the most his egregious flatulence. Like, like, how did this guy? As become... if this dude could get any more pathetic. Right, and yet he keeps falling Jesus. over backwards 
into greater and greater positions of power and wipes out millions, millions of people. Millions of people. So, yes. okay. All right. So, so I want to push back a little bit on, on Sigmund Freud. Sure. I, I totally agree with you. That, yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Look, no. No, here's the thing, man. You, like three parts, yeah. right? In, ego, super ego, right? Totally. Okay. It's all about, but, dude, you were, you, were, you were hit when you were a kid, when you were yeah, potty training, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Anal retentive, retentive, right? All right. Holy so, shit, dude. We should buy a boat. All right. That's like totally. So, so but, but part of what happened with Freud. Uh-huh. Was he was doing all these interviews? And yes. He was he was doing all the all the stuff he was doing, and what he discovered mm-hmm. was there were a whole lot more people he was talking to. Yes. Who had been like anybody modernly reading the interview transcripts is like uh, this person was very clearly sexually molested. Yes. And he could not accept that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he. Had he backed he backed away from mm-hmm. what he was what he was discovering and created a bunch of shit whole cloth as a way to try to explain it, which is actually a really good way to do lit analysis. Yeah, but I don't know about psychoanalysis. No, him. it's yeah. really not. So, but yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Hitler. Interesting. Hitler he was died, on meth. Yeah, clearly. Uh, Freud died in thirty nine. By the way. Oh, fuck! He did, didn't he? Yes, he did. Wow. Yes. All right. So. Uh, now, more on uh, FDR. Yeah, yeah. Quote, That is no vision of a distant millennium. It is a definite basis for a kind of world attainable in our own time and generation. That kind of world, that kind of world is the very antithesis of so-called new order of tyranny, which the dictators seek to create with the crash of a bomb. To that new order, we oppose the greater conception, the moral order. A good society is able to face schemes of world domination and foreign revolutions alike without fear. Since the beginning of our American history, we have been engaged in, the, in change, in a perpetual peaceful revolution, a revolution which goes on steadily, quietly adjusting itself to changing conditions without the concentration camp or a quick lime in the ditch. Now, this is January of 41, but he's fucking calling people out. Wow. Which means we knew about shit. Oh, we did. Well, we know. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, you, anybody, if you go to anybody, Germany, it yeah. shows that we knew shit. Yeah, and yeah. Anybody, anybody who has done the reading, yeah, well, there's that knows that we knew shit. Yeah, it's it is it is a failure of of the structure of our curricula. Uh huh. That more people don't know that we knew shit. Yeah. The world order which we seek is the cooperation of free countries working together in a friendly, civilized society. This nation has placed its destiny in the hands and the heads and the hearts of its millions of free men and women and its faith in freedom under the guidance of God. Freedom means the supremacy of human rights everywhere. Our support goes to those who struggle to gain those rights or keep them. Our strength is our unity of purpose. To that high concept, there can be no end save victory. So that's what he says. Now, you definitely need to address that he opposed an anti-lynching bill because he didn't want to lose the Southern vote. You definitely need to address the fact that black people were at best second-class citizens in this country at that time. At best. Um, You can certainly make an argument in in the current time as well. But you you definitely need to call that shit out. Uh, He's speaking against concentration camps. 
And one year later, Executive Order 9066 goes up. So there's a lot of really good rhetoric here yeah. that goes unfulfilled. But I'm not here to talk <clears throat> about the unfulfillment of that. I'm here yeah. to talk about a comic book's reaction to it. You take this groundwork that he's laying to declare war, because that's what he's doing. That Well, yeah. That was, in what January. I was, what I was about to yes. step in and say mm-hmm. is... He's he's setting the stage for these these are the these are our policy goals. Mm-hmm. This is what worldwide. we're about. Yep. Worldwide. worldwide, these are our values. We have a right to be worldwide with this. Yes, this is our utopian vision for what the world ought to look like. Mm-hmm. Part of our worldwide vision has to do with eliminating tyranny. Yep, freedom from fear. Yep, was pointed squarely at Benito, yep. Adolf. Uh, Adolf, and Hirohito. Yep. Or, and, or whoever it was who was effectively pulling Hirohito's strings. And, by Tojo? the way... Yeah, I'd say Tojo. Uh, yeah, I always okay. put it on Tojo. Yeah. And on top of that, you... He says dictators. He does. They called themselves that. Yes. So he's like, oh, you name yourself? Fine. Fuck that. Yeah. He's doing that. Yeah. But, um... He's, again, laying the groundwork to declare war a well, year in advance. Well, a year in advance, and and this yeah. by this time, Lend-Lease was already going. Yep. We were And we were he's already, also, by you know. this point, by 41, we're eight years into a program that puts young men into physically rigorous programs. Oh, yeah. He's playing yeah. the long game. And use the government to make people whole again. Yeah. And you've got a set of values in search of an avatar. Captain America is just such an avatar. All right. So here's looking at the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps. Took men 17 to 28 years old out of the cities and put them to work in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, Quote, I propose to create the CCC to be used in complex work, not interfering with normal employment and confining itself to forestry, the prevention of soil erosion, flood control, and similar projects. We're gonna fix the dust bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. I'm and sorry. also, I'm gonna read between the lines yeah. here. We're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure Chicago doesn't get buried by Oklahoma again. Yeah. There's also another thing at play here, though. Teddy created national parks. Uh, Frankie here is never gonna get to go to them. So he's oh, sending young men to see what man. he's missing. Oh, why you got to give me these kind of feels, dude? Because it's amazing. Damn, son. And yeah, no, that's he's true. maintaining things that he's never going to get to see. A true patrician. Yeah. I'm maintaining things I'm never going to get to see. I'm going to put you to work and make you whole again and pay you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the pay in just a second. But I'm going to pay you to go live in this wonderful place that I'll never get to see. Please go enjoy it. And you're going to be fed. You're going to be housed. And it's going to be great. Then you're... Literally going to make America great again. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, back to his quote. Yeah. Uh, I call your attention to the fact that this type of work is is of definite practical value, not only through the prevention of great present financial loss, but also as a means of creating a future national wealth. Now, here's what's neat about that. Okay. From 33 to 39, likely quite by accident, three things were occurring at the same time that would help us win a war that we weren't in yet. 
Well, and it wasn't even 33. It wasn't even on the horizon yet. It was in China, but it wasn't anywhere else. Well, he's annexing. He is annexing. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. It's on the horizon. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, the, the okay, rumblings right. are here. Yeah, it's, Everybody's it's the, looking. Dist, it's on the yeah. distant horizon. Yeah. All right. Well, it's on the denial horizon. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair. fair. Yeah. All right. Fair cop. We were employing young men and making them physically stronger with better endurance. These are the same men who would then be drafted and or joined voluntarily. That wasn't on purpose. That was a happy accident. Number two, we were training them to be trainable so that when they didn't get drafted, they could still work in wartime industries with minimal gap of time from hire to production. Okay. Three, we were developing a lot of hydroelectric power, which really helped which us mass produce Which became really important for yeah. running factories. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that those men would end up being in. And by the way, so did the women. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, so, I, was, I was about to say, yeah. well, mo- most of those men, if they weren't somehow otherwise 4F'd, wound up right. being sent, sent exactly. off. Exactly. You know, so so. You're, you're, you're making their bodies strong, you're making them trainable, and you are setting up industries. Yeah. You are, you are accidentally, there's no way anybody could have predicted that that far out, I don't think. If they did, maybe I should start looking at conspiracy theories because that's the nicest fucking conspiracy there is. Um, yeah. But Very Illuminati. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, your standard uh, CCC man was 18 to 24 years old. Okay. He was unmarried, unemployed, and from a city. Okay. Sound like anyone? Oh, yeah. He worked five days a week, got $30 mm-hmm. a month. He had to send 25 of those dollars back to his family wherever he was from. Really? Yeah. That was a requirement. Yep. This would for the, then... for the sake for the sake of keeping him out of trouble because he didn't have all that money burning a hole in his pocket right. wherever he was to go spend it on liquor, and women, cigarettes, and yeah. and and women. Yeah. And there were skating rinks that uh, ended up cropping up right near there because they still had their five bucks and five bucks back then could buy you a family a of seven. Lot yeah. of money. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Uh, but All right. also, that $25 going back home stimulates the economy back home. Yeah, well, Keynesianism. Right. While it keeps it from having to pay for his stomach because that was covered as he was uh, being lodged. Okay. So was his lodging. So was his medical care. So was his clothing. The other $5 a month he got, he usually spent it in nearby towns, stimulating their economy once a month. This man, this... Average CCC guy lived and worked with other similar men. Yeah. Which also... Barracks. Yeah. Yeah. You beat me to it. Yeah. 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 Well, the and and it should be noted that training them to be trainable Mm -hmm. also meant that when you throw those same guys into basic training... Yep. When they get drafted or when they join up voluntarily, yep, they're they're already they already know the drill. They have the templates. I mean, they don't literally know the drill. That's left, <laughs> right, left, right. You know, but uh, yeah. But but they're they're they've already been there. Like yeah. like to a certain extent, it's like okay, yeah, no, this is familiar. Yeah. You know. So yeah. So they also rebuilt lots of infrastructure. Imagine a country that rebuilds its infrastructure. Boy, wouldn't that be awesome. Imagine a country that raises taxes to go to war. (laughs) Imagine a country where Congress has to declare war. Wow. So this program was so multifaceted in its approach that it improved nutrition, economics, and the dignity of those involved. 
70% of the men who went into the CCC started out malnourished. Really? Yeah. Of course they have statistics for that. Never mind. I yeah. Was about to, yeah. 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 All right. You got to give academics jobs, too. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Which is actually yeah. really damned important. Yeah. Uh, the 350,000 men who served in the CCC by July of 34, so I'm rewinding a bit, yeah. were able to literally point to the service that they had given their country and making it a better place. Yeah, it's okay. like, hey, you see that over there? I helped build that, that road. You know? Yep. By 35, the total number of men in the CCC was nearing its high watermark of 500,000. Okay. So only half a million men. Now, at that time, we had Population. just over a mil, uh, 100 million folk. Yeah. So it's, you know, so, <clears throat> so, 50, so 50 plus million yeah. are male, yeah. half a million of that. So 1% of the population. Yeah. But 1% of the population is pretty goddamn huge. For instance, during the Civil in, War, in we program, lost 3%, and that was devastating. Devastating. Yeah. No, 1% one, one, 1 of the male population of the country all engaged in that mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. is a pretty remarkable movement. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because of the South and the North... And I do want to point out the uh, North yeah. did this too. The whole program was segregated. Well, yeah. It was also wildly popular, though. Both parties were full-throatedly in support of it, with 67% of Republicans approving of it. Really? Yep. And if you were in the CCC, you could find room for advancement, too. Okay. In short, the CCC was a place for young men to go get fit, get paid, and not be a burden to their families while still providing to their family for their families. This reminds me of Lydia. Which Lydia. I'm going way the hell back. The king okay. of Lydia noticed that oh. there was a famine. Okay. And he said, there's a famine. On these days, you game. On these other days, you eat. Okay. He literally gamed his people. Wow. To stretch their food stores by double. Huh. Every other day you gamed, you didn't eat. Because you and I have both gamed, we forget to eat while we're gaming. That's true. Right? Yeah. So he knew that. He also told a group of young men, I have a fantastic quest for you. Go east and find whatever the fuck I forget. Uh-huh. Turns out in Troy, the skeletons that have been found and stuff have Lydian DNA. He sent them on a mighty quest. Really? That's what the CCC is. Okay, it's a yeah. mighty quest. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. but yeah, that's it, to me. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, the WPA, by the way, did the same basic thing, but in urban settings. WPA is responsible yeah. for Highway One here in is California. Is it really? I think it's actually PC, PCH is what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, the Pacific Coast Highway. 101. Yeah. I yeah. think you might be right. Yeah. I know that it's not responsible for the Golden Gate Bridge. N- oddly enough. Right? No. Yeah. But if, uh, yeah, the markers mm-hmm. on, on. Oh, nice. On, okay. On PCH have, every so often you'll see a WPA mark. Oh, I'm pretty wow. sure it's a WPA mark. Okay. When, so, I lived, when I lived in Hollister going out to uh, Monterey mm-hmm. and seeing that, I remember. It's, it's some depression era program. I think cool. WPA. Well, this also involved artists and writers. <clears throat> yes. So it wasn't just like, hey, we need strong backs. I don't have a strong back. Don't matter. It'll get stronger. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Work! <laughs> Put... Bend over. Yeah. <laughs> Pick that up. <laughs> but it's too heavy. Keep trying. Yeah, it yeah. won't be eventually. It, eventually it yeah. won't be. Yeah. It, so I'll, I'll put it to you this way. It was a... 
I think in some ways, I, we talked about classical liberalism before. Yeah. I think it was a newer version of liberalism because it's, what do you do? Okay, let's see what we can do about helping you do that. It was, let's meet you where you are instead yeah. of like, pull yourself above it by your yeah. bootstraps. Yeah, yeah. But artists and writers were involved in the WPA in huge ways, in enormous ways. So it put people to work at the things they were good at. Yeah. It built up the infrastructure similar to the way the TVA set up electrification. Yeah. Interesting. And yeah. Steve Rogers, as I recall, mm. canonically was a graphic artist. Yes, was he, he was. Okay. And I'm going to get to that. All right. Yes. Okay. Uh, the CCC ends up under the Federal Security Administration in 1940. They reorganize, okay. which handled the bevy of things that we now see elsewhere. Education among them, by the way. Mm-hmm. But also public health. Okay. I say that because I'm a big believer that Steve Rogers got government health care, and that's what made him the man that he was. <laughs> that and steroids. Yeah. Well, uh, magic so, steroids. Yes, magic. Vita-ray steroids. Vita-ray steroids. FDR was not TR. Okay. No. But he seemed Decidedly. to embrace the same ideology of that strenuous life. It's not an overt part of his policies, but they sure seem pretty pervasive. It's, well, it would be very difficult yeah. to be of his generation yes. in the Roosevelt tribe. Well, and keep in mind, Roosevelt got polio while he was swimming. He was yeah. being hella active. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was up until he contracted it. He, mm-hmm. he was because the expectation... After cousin Teddy, that was the template. Yep, that was that was as as members of this patrician family. This is this is how we develop our virtus. Mm-hmm. Am I using the right virtus? Yeah, virtus. Yeah, yeah, virtus. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of part of our you know class virtue is that we do this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in living living in the shadow of his older cousin Teddy. Mm-hmm. It's impossible that that mindset wouldn't be somewhere in his worldview, right? If if he wasn't emulating it somehow, he right. would have to he would have to be somehow responding to it. Yes. So yeah, yeah absolutely no, right. Definitely. Here's his dear cousin's words on it because I think they actually do a really good job of capturing the spirit of the TVA, the CCC, and the WPA. Okay. I genuinely think that it's uh, it's it's a Teddy Roosevelt inspiration, like you said, okay, he's responding yeah. to it. Yeah. Quote, I wish to preach not the doctrine of ignoble ease, but the doctrine of the strenuous life, the life of toil and effort, of labor and strife, to preach that highest form of success which comes not to the man who desires mere easy peace, but to the man who does not shrink from danger, from hardship, or from bitter toil, and who out of these wins the splendid ultimate triumph. Above all, let us shrink from no strife, moral or physical, within or without the nation, provided we are certain that the strife is justified, for it is only through strife, through hard and dangerous endeavor, that we shall ultimately win the goal of true national greatness. I want you to remember that for later, and I also want to put a couple pins in that real quick. Number one, I can find quotes very similar to that spoken uh, in National Socialist ideology and literature. Well, yeah. I can also point to the futurists who were the artists who gave birth to fascism yeah. talking about the, the, the beauty of strife. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt is not a fascist by any stretch. No. What it is is in the early 1900s, you have a worldwide valuation of machinery and of strife and things like that happening. And so yes. he's, he's baked in that. In as much as he broke all the molds ever that were made, he's also still very much a part of his time. And at that time, 
valuing strife and struggle was it was well it was it was it also led the way to social darwinism so you have a lot I, of things churning I, around. It yeah. doesn't mean that he's a part of it. No, yeah. Or or that he's the father of it, but he is in the same stew that it was born. Yeah, no, he's 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 operating in the same milieu. Yes. He's he's operating in the same set of movements. Yes. Um I I think there is a very remarkable sense in that same era mm-hmm. where the the whole worldview of everybody coming out of the end of the nineteenth century, where everything had been about, you know, the the national the nationalist movements mm-hmm. of like the unification of Germany, yeah, the unification blood and iron. Nas- bl- bl- yeah, blood and iron, yeah. unification of Italy, yeah, the, this idea that we have a language, we have a culture, we should have a nation, right. And, and what that actually are, means, and 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 part of the inherent definition that everybody found at that time was, mm-hmm. we're we're going to have to define ourselves, and that's going to involve struggle, conflict. There's going to yeah. be a struggle. There's going to be revolution. There's going to be disagreements. We're going to get into fist fight. We're going to get into fist fights with each other, and we're yep. going to get into weapon fights with our neighbors well, because and that you know, set the tone for World War One. Well, it was a glorious struggle. Yeah. Completely set the tone for World yeah. War One. And even after mm-hmm. well, the futurists died off with World War One. But yeah, they really did. But uh, they lived up to their ideals. They, they really did. But you know, by the looking, way, the Dadaists, terrible yeah. soldiers. They couldn't stay on the front line. Yeah, uh, no, they, <laughs> the Cubists were oh, just slaughtered. Just, just, just <laughs> Well, they couldn't shoot straight. Like, you know, I mean, you can't. Like, you know, like, right turn, and they're right, like, and they're, fuck, what, I, I just I, went back three years. How did I, don't I know. do that? Yeah. Like, it's Wednesday now? Yeah. Like, you know. Right turn, I'm a cow. <laughs> is that is that Dadaist or absurdist? Uh, well, the Dadaist, it's, it's the absurdist, a Dadaist, because absurdist yeah, okay. come out in the 50s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, you're, you're right. So, but... <laughs> But you can know, you imagine just? <laughs> it's a Monty Python sketch. It's I mean, it, it's be. totally a Monty like, Python like, sketch. I, I can't have thought of that myself. So, uh, it, our, it, our four listeners, please hunt please that down. Hunt that down um, somewhere. It, somebody it couldn't did that. have been a Damien creation that the Dadaists were uh, were terrible frontline fighters, I, it, and that the Cubists know, it, got slaughtered. Yeah, like, they it, can't. It, like, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. It might be. I, I'm just saying, but it's too so, brilliant to be mine. So, uh, <laughs> I'm still getting over that. But you know this 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 idea that uh-huh. you know this this conflict is going to be inevitable, uh-huh. and so we should embrace this conflict. We right. should we should this is a glorious. This is all going to lead to all of us being the best, the best nations, the best individuals. That We're going to we temper are. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also tied to the Romantic movement. Yes. You know, there's, there's, I don't remember who it was, but uh, probably wanna, Byron. N- well, no, probably Shelley. Well, yeah, if if it is romantic movement, yeah. but I'm I'm thinking of an individual that, and I'm trying to remember the book I got it out of, but talking about the the zitgeist and the and the and everybody's mindset going into not not just World War One, but the era before World War One. A some sensitive young German boy, mm-hmm. young man, twenty something years old, lamenting that he might not make it to the front in whatever war was going on. Oh wow! Because uh, am I doomed to die in prose? Oh wow! Was was the phrase he used, mm-hmm. and, and it was this romanticization right. of the idea of like 
conflict, like right. literal warfare. Right. And so Roosevelt, being in that milieu, mm-hmm. was pushing what he was pushing was was certainly not you know authoritarianism or anything like that. None of those kind of movements. But right. he developed and 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 put forward mm-hmm. what I would call muscular Americanism. Mm-hmm. That you know people talk about muscular Christianity. It's, mm-hmm. it's this idea that you know. Um, within within Christian theological circles, sometimes it's used as kind of a, a denigrating term to, to talk to people who have this real serious focus on you know the struggle involved in being a Christian, and, uh-huh. and you know you gotta you gotta you know it's it's difficult to live in the world and not be of the world, and sure. you gotta you gotta do right, and you know, right. and it's always put in these in these very very you know conflict sounds man, like a paladin manful kind of yeah well yeah, yeah kind of kind of you know yeah manful righteousness kind of tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what what Teddy was talking about, mm-hmm. and that that filters into, without without all the all the overtones of, of right. necessarily overt conflict, right? The virtue of hard work, the virtue yes. of, um, of 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 toil, yes. The virtue of the the, the honest sweat on your brow, it's a Protestant work ethic. It's well, yeah, yeah. It, it all, yeah. Um, which is itself theologically kind of bullshit, but we can get into that. In yeah, but it's episode. inherently but, American. Well, which actually, is usually it's in, theologically actually, bullshit. actually, it's, it's it's inherently Dutch. But we can oh, get yeah, into yeah. that yeah. later. <laughs> this the not not germane to this conversation, but um, you know, but but yeah, it, it all it all ties together in one big thread, yeah. yep. and and so we can definitely see that coming out when we yep. look at who Cap winds up being. Yeah. So by 1940, it's obvious, especially with, as you mentioned, the Lend-Lease Act, yeah. that the United States is going to get into the war. One way or another. Yep. Somehow. It was more a matter of when than if. And as was a, yeah. there a question? Because here's the thing. Hmm. We, we now know that it, it was catalyzed, finally, by us going to war with Japan mm-hmm. and then Hitler... Getting pissed off, yeah, because the Japanese had forced our hand, right, and he had to declare war on us because you know the Axis tripartite pact. Yep. yep. Was it? Do you think clear to people at the time that okay, now we're we're going to wind up going to war with Japan? Like going to war with Japan is unavoidable because our interests in the Pacific and and all this stuff. Or was it, we don't know who the fuck we're going to wind up declaring war on, because it could be either one of them. No, it was, Japan was an afterthought even then. Um, to, to scholars and to people who understood the news and stuff, they even kind of <sighs> saw Japan as China's problem. Okay. Asia is for Asians. Europe is for white folk. Okay. So and the the thing so, that was so yeah. so that was part of the reason that everybody was so intensely shocked by Pearl Harbor. Part of it, yeah, was yeah. was wait them. Yeah, well, okay. and it, it was also you know like um, a lot of people didn't know about the oil embargo and stuff like that. Like a lot of people didn't understand geopolitics and report reportage on it was not necessarily up to snuff. Okay, so they saw Japan as frankly England's problem because that's England's empire over there. Yeah. So, um, okay. but but the Nazis—that's everyone's problem. Okay. 
even ours. All right, yeah, you we, know. Yeah. So the result was the CCC was less and less about conservation and more and more about skills and jobs training. The okay. kinds of jobs that would work as support for soldiers during the war and the kinds of trainings that strengthened young men and that got them used to taking orders. After Pearl Harbor, those same young men were either volunteering or drafted in service for the duration. Yes. Prior to the CCC, again, 70% would have qualified as malnourished. And that's a lot of people to be found unfit for service. Now, yeah. they would have lowered the standards because we've done that historically as well. We've, uh, we've done that a number in of the times. last 10 years. I remember one of my favorite observations of it was they lowered the standards to get more people to join, to go to Iraq. And somebody pointed out, wait, wait, Lindy England was before we lowered the standards? <laughs> How low do they have to get? <laughs> yeah. So um, the CCC staunched that, and it got them ready, not necessarily on purpose, because authorial yeah, well, intent yeah, doesn't yeah. mean shit. But later <laughs> on, it became <laughs> so. Even in, even in geopolitics, yeah. authorial intent don't mean crap. So as per the usual, anytime yeah. I give an episode, it turns into a multi-part episode because I spend the entire first hour on context. So we're doing that. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm going to stop it there, and we'll Sounds catch good. up to everybody uh, next time okay. around. Um, is there anything that you've gleaned from this kind of broad swath history of the Depression other than Hitler's farts? Damn it. Sorry. That was going to be it. <laughs> uh, you could see me grinning, and you knew where I was going to go. God damn it. Sorry. Because um, I'm still tripping over that. Like, like honest, or, or is it ripping? Um, uh. But uh, I think the the scale of what it was that was that was happening mm-hmm. and the the way that like to us now mm-hmm. it's all so patently fucking obvious that's a problem with presentism is is is, is, is yeah well, well that's that's kind yeah. of what i'm saying is yeah. is realizing that in the moment mm-hmm. all of this was kind of a way uh, what are we huh we're doing what now like how many people yeah the unsureness you know. of history is really underwritten yeah it, massively underwritten yeah. So that's I'd, I'd say that's that's probably yeah. if, if I got to give you a takeaway right now. That's yeah, probably it's really easy for us to look at the CCC and go, oh look, that provided us the men, therefore it must have been on purpose. Yeah, because when we look back at something that was eight years different, we're like, oh, those were right next to each other. No, they weren't. No, they really weren't. <laughs> it was eight being, years. Being being not even four years through the current administration, let me tell you, four <laughs> years is a long fucking time <laughs> to live through. Yeah, well, you know. We, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, 100% true. But, like, eight years is, is a really long time, and being unsure of things. for Again, the Depression didn't end overnight. No. It, it was a series of small bureaucratic steps that helped end it. Yeah. Government was the fucking solution. It was not the problem, mm-hmm. even when it was the problem. Yeah. Um, all of that is is absolutely true, and I think you're you hitting the nail on the head there. The amount of unsureness for Americans, and yeah. instead of going fashy, yeah, uh, America went conservy. Um, yeah, we went for conservation. We went uh, building shit. We went yeah. liberal. Um, other folks, they went fashy because...
complex problems uh, are attracted to uh, simple solutions or the other way around. Well, yeah. America <clears throat> went with incremental solutions and it actually worked and it didn't we, involve cooking the books. Well, you know, we had the capacity to go with incremental solutions though. It's a really good point. We were not we, starving to we death. We were not actually, I mean, there were sure. certainly plenty of people, like Very you say, true. 70% of the guys in CCC were undernourished. Right. But we didn't have, like, literal mass starvation. That's a really good point. Germany, literal mass starvation. That's true. Germany, literally, uh, I'm going to burn this wheelbarrow full of cash because it's worth more to me to fuel. as fuel yeah. for my stove than it yep. is... To actually try to spend. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, in, in other in other parts of Europe, it was it was not as bad, but it right. was you know they Still they, awful. they were they were recovering from the 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 flu and the end of the war mm-hmm. and having to pay debts back to us. Mm-hmm. Like by the way, which by the way, the yes. only the only country to successfully pay all their debts back to us was Finland. Well done, Finland. Well done, Finland. That's the only thing you're ever going to hear me say good about the Finns ever, for personal reasons. But moving on, <laughs> um, so, if, if you can. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> I would I would point out at one point America was giving loans to Germany so that it could pay its debts to, to France and France England, and England who, who then, were then turning around and giving that money to us because we had loaned money to them. Keynesian, can you get? I don't say Keynesian. I say uh, Ponzi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. You can see where I'm getting it, yeah, at least, yeah, yeah. you know. So, anyway, uh, where are we on the internet? We are at Geek History Time mm-hmm. uh, on the Twitter. Uh huh. I am at E.H. Blaylock I am, on the Twitters. I am at Duh Harmony. Duh Harmony. Harmony. Uh, on the Twitter, as well as on the, uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, the Instagrams. The Instagrams. Yeah. I'm, I'm at Mr. Blaylock. There you go. On the Instagrams. And I'm trying to think if we have time to plug it. Mm, I don't think so. No. Bummer. All right. Uh, but uh, You're all just going to have to wonder what it was. Yeah. Yeah. In a couple episodes, yeah, I'll, I'll be plugging yeah. something that's pretty cool. All right. Um, but uh, all right. Well, for uh, Geeker's History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.